0: Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Have you ever noticed that words have the power to divide us and to unite us? You know, they they have the power to kind of to pull us apart and, and to bring us together. Let me illustrate this point. Melbourne Storm, see there's many of you that love Jesus and as I say those words, you know, we, we, we praise Jesus and, and for those who don't, well, we just, I'll keep praying for you. You know, decaf coffee has the ability to unite us in and it in 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 we just don't understand it. What's the point? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Microsoft works, not at my house, it always seems to be crashing, it's an oxymoron, and vaccine. See, words have, words have the power to bring us together, but words also have the power to pull us apart. Let me throw you another word that has the same potential, and it's the word prayer. You see, for, for some of us, when I say the word prayer, and there was a whistle down the front, it perfectly illustrates this. For some of us, as I say the word prayer, we we sit in the camp where we, we just love to pray. You know, we 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 are so passionate about prayer, and we know those people because this is what happened. You know those people who love to pray because they love to pray because when they pray, like you just you know something more is going on. On Wednesday night, oh sorry, Tuesday night in our prayer meeting, one of the guys from here who, who, who began to pray, and it was one of those moments. You know, he didn't shout, he didn't yell, he didn't get carried away. But you knew it was like all of a sudden heaven stopped and everyone tuned in to what he was saying. You know, you know those people who, who, who just love to pray. But then there's the others who, for, for many of us, prayer is a challenge. And, you know, as I say the word prayer, we get awkward because we know we, should, we know we should pray more. We know we don't pray enough, but we know that for us, prayer can be a struggle. Now, as your campus pastor, I know I'm supposed to say that I firmly fit in the first category. You know, I love to pray and it's my thing, it's my jam, it's and everything else. You know, but let me be honest this morning. Prayer for me has become a discipline. It's something that I've got to be disciplined to do. You see, because of this, see, in reality, I'm an extrovert with ADD. And so for me, that means this. I've got a short attention span. I get distracted a lot. And and some may say I talk too much. (laughs) I don't think... And so, so sometimes my prayers go like this. I'll be walking in the backyard and be like, Dear Jesus, I beseech thee to. Oh, look at the birdie. Oh, oh, that's cool. I haven't seen that one before. Oh, that's right. I'm going to send that text back to the person. Shadi's oh, cars. I'm going to book. Now, was it Thursday, Wednesday, the appointment for the booking to get service? Oh, oh, Thursday afternoon. Reuben starts cricket training again. All right, I've got to do that. And oh, Mr. Dog Poo. Thank you, Jesus, for that one. Amen. Now, if I'm honest, that is what my prayer life can so easily sound like. You see, when we talk about prayer, many of you fit into the category of me like like I do. Prayer is a challenge, but it's a discipline that I've got to work on because as I say those words, it gets all of a sudden awkward in the room because you and I all know we should be praying. You and I all know we need to be praying more. But we also know it's not an easy thing to do. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to jump into this passage that Chandini read to us this morning. It's in the book of James. Uh, we're walking through the, we've been walking through the book of James. James is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Many suggest that he was the brother of Jesus and he was a a leader and was a key influencer in that church. And of all the ways that James could finish his one and only letter that he writes, in in the way that he could finish it, the climax of his letter, the Holy Spirit inspires him to do what? To encourage and to command his church to pray earnestly. You see, the, the big idea for this morning is simply this. Faith at works, prays powerfully. Faith at works, prays powerfully. And that's what we're going to look at. That's what we're going to look at this morning. But I know, if you're honest, like I can be honest at times as well. You know, we can all pray at times, and we can wonder in our minds, does prayer really matter? Does it really work? I mean, does it? Does it really do anything? And we, 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 we can easily fall into that trap. We can easily begin to ask those questions because if you're anything like me, at some point, somewhere along the line, I prayed a prayer and God didn't answer it like I wanted him to. Or, or seemingly, maybe God didn't answer it at all. Or, or, or God didn't answer it in the way and the fashion and the time that I would have loved him to answer. See, if you've ever felt like this, if you've ever asked yourself, you know, does prayer really matter? Does it really work? Then this morning, God wants to speak to you. See, this morning, I want to do things a little bit differently than a normal sermon. We're going to walk through this passage. I'm going to shed some light on this passage. And then we're going to simply do what God asks us to do. And what we're going to simply do, we're going to hold God at his word. So let me... Uh, reread part of this passage this morning, found in James chapter 5 and beginning at verse 13. And it says this, If any one of you is in trouble, let them pray. If anyone is unhappy, let them sing praises. If any among you is sick, let them call on the elders of the church to pray for them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray to each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let's pause there for a moment. Snap Paul. Who wants powerful and effective and effective prayers? I mean, all of us do, don't we? We want to, you know, if we're, going to, if we're going to take our time that we don't always have a lot of, or we feel like we don't have a lot of, if we're going to, if we're going to take some of that proportion of precious time and cry out to God and spend time in prayer, then we want powerful and effective prayers. But what James here does is he, he brings up a couple of things, a couple of areas in our life that seemingly have nothing to do with prayer. I mean, if you look at it on the surface, you're kind of going, what is James talking about? I mean, he's talking about being righteousness and that having an effect on our, on our prayer and the, the, and the effectiveness of our prayer. You see, righteousness means this. Righteousness is the quality of being right in the eyes of God, in character, attitude, actions, and words. Yeah, if you think about it now in in regards to our prayer, you know, if we're right with God in our our character, our actions, our attitudes, and our words, it makes sense why James here is imploring us to say, hey, you know what? If we're going to have prayer that's powerful and effective, then what we've got to do is we've got to get right in two areas. We've got to get right in our relationships with God. See, before I became a Christian, I, I was a really good sinner. Like I, it was kind of like a passion of mine. I was, I had, a, I don't, probably didn't have a spiritual gift of sinning. You know what I was trying to say in that point? You know, before I was a Christian, I, I didn't, and before I knew what sin was, I knew deep down inside that what I was doing wasn't right. You know, if I was honest with myself, I'd go, you know what, whilst I was having fun, you know, some people go, you know, they come to me and go, Dave, you know what, sin isn't fun. And I look at them and go, well, clearly you're not doing the right sins. Because, you know, I, I loved sinning when I was a non Christian and I still sin occasionally now. And, and, and yet I knew what I was doing wasn't right. And I knew that I wasn't complete. And I remember at 18 years old when I finally gave my life to Jesus and I, and I began to go, God, I'm going to confess all of my sin. God, I'm going to confess the mistakes that I've made. You know, like Cherie did and we heard in the waters of baptism this morning. What began to happen is God began to break the broken parts of my life whole. You know, in that moment when, when, when I was working through and wrestling through all of these things, I realized that God was in the business and, and he's got the gift of making broken things whole whole. And you know what? What I've discovered since then is there's the power of confession. The moments where we come to God, and we need to regularly come to these, these points, church, even as Christians, come to God and go, God, I've blown it today. You know, I messed up. And he's not, FYI, he's not, he's not shocked by the fact that when we come to him and confess, like, he's not like, I didn't know. No way. Really? Like, but when we come to him and confess, we begin to get our lives sorted out. Now, I need to add this to it. that the, Once you become a Christian, once we confess, that doesn't get us saved because we were already saved. But what it does, it begins us to get us in right connection, right? It clears up the air with God again. So the first thing we need to realize and we need to regularly do is we need to make sure that our, our relationships with God are right. The second one that we need to do is we need to make sure that our relationships with others are right. Now, I don't know about you, but this one for me is a far bigger challenge because it's pretty easy for me to go, God, I'm sorry, I blew it, I did this, I shouldn't have done that, da da, da 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 But it's really hard for me to go, oh, and go into the other human being and say, oh, I'm really sorry. And you know why I know that I'm not the only one that wrestles with that? Because as I said it, the room went awfully quiet and awfully awkward. You see, for all of us, it's a hard thing at times to confess and to ask or say sorry to other people around their lives. But see, James here is saying that if we want powerful and effective prayers, that if we want prayers that are going to make a difference, then we've got to make sure that the relationships with God and others are in right order. Have you ever noticed what the shape of the cross looks like? You know, God goes, hey, you know, what I want you to do is I want you to make sure that, that your relationship with God is in order. That there's the moments that you need to confess, you need to come back and go, God, I blow it, but I thank you that you forgive me again. God, I thank you that you don't hold it against me again. And we can work out this relationship. But then he also goes, hey, there's a crossbar. He also realizes that for us, we've got to make sure that the, the connections with people around us are right as well. So if we're going to have powerful and effective prayers. We're going to make sure that we've got the relationships around us in the right orders. You know what, church? It's really easy for me to say these things and then stop and move on to the next point. But I need to confess with you about what happened this week. You see, on Wednesday, as I'm sitting in my office and going, God, what do you want to say this morning? God, what are you going to say on Sunday? God, as you prepare my heart, as I try and put some words and some paper for, for what you want to say to us, I felt like, as I'm reading through this, I felt God stop me and say, so go and do that. As you know that moment where you go, you know, as a preacher, one of the, one of the challenges is that God so often uses my sermons against me. It's not fair. Like, it's, you know, I'm fine to tell you guys what to do, but I don't always, you know, it's a challenge for all of us. And so I grabbed my phone I said, I felt God say, but Dave, you first. I picked up my phone and I dialed a number and I called a friend. And, you know, we, we did the whole, you know, the, hey, how you doing? Yeah, good. How's your weekend? Yeah, good. How's your week been? Yeah, good. You know, all of that kind of fluffy stuff. And then it was the moment where I just took a big gulp and went, hey, look... because i want to say sorry and you know what was really annoying at that point they went yeah no we're fine what are you talking about see when they said that the annoying part was i had to get specific was <laughs> you know, like you know it's one thing you know, i'm sorry about you know, stuff like it's easy sorry to say and i do on the phone i'm like yeah i just want to just want to say sorry you know i I've been getting really angry and frustrated at you. You probably don't you don't know this, but I've been harboring bitterness and resentment. I just it's been really hard. Every time I see an email come from you or a phone call, something inside of me just gets bitter and angry and annoyed. And I just so for 15 minutes I walk through. I had a fair bit of junk, people, you know. <laughs> I mean to walk through and confess and say, Can I I need to apologize? I need, I need, will you forgive me for just, for my junk? You know, because up until that point, every time, every time I got an email or a phone call or something, it was like, you know, I was fine. And then all of a sudden I'd watch the bing, an email would pop up from that particular person and it was like this happened. A big weight began to carry my back. And it was like, and it just ended reminding of the bitterness and the anger and the frustration and the annoyance and the things they'd done wrong and they shouldn't do that and they should know better about doing that and da, da 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 And the moment that I picked up the phone and I said sorry, and I hung up, you know what happened? In that moment, it was like this happened. It was like all of a sudden I I walked back in my office. I felt free again. I felt free of the burden that I'd been carrying around against this person. And I didn't even know that this was going on. And as I sat down again, as I opened God's word, I said, God, what do you want to say again? You know what happened, church? It was like the fog had began to clear. You know, I remember just sitting there and it was like God began to speak to me in a new way that he hadn't spoken for probably around about three months, which kind of did coincide with three months ago, that my offense and my frustrations and my angers and everything else began to mount. And I'm sitting there in my office, and I'm like, God, what do you want to say? And it was like just, it was a moment where I just, it was a really special moment, church, as I'm sitting in my office, and I'm like, God, thank you again. There is something so significant when we clear the air with God, but we actually clear the air with other people that God begins to do. And James, here, because he's a good pastor, he illustrates his point and he goes on to illustrate his point. And so he uses one of the great men of our faith. His name is Elijah. And he, the story is found about Elijah in, in 1 Kings. And in 1 Kings chapter 17, 18, and 19. If I can give you home, homework this week, go and read those chapters. It is an incredible story. It is an amazing. It's better than watching any movie on the TV. An incredible story of what God did with, with just a normal, ordinary guy. And, and, and this guy by the name of Elijah comes this historical person comes to King Ahab. King Ahab is is married a la- a crazy lady by the name of uh, Jezebel. Jezebel was from a from the, uh, an invading army from from the enemy, and he she was the daughter of their king. And their king and their their nation worshiped a different god, and his god was their god was called Baal. And so Jezebel comes in and she builds a temple towards the god of Baal. And somehow she convinces her husband, the king of Israel, to get the whole nation of Israel to begin to worship the god of Baal. And because God so loved them, he sent. Elijah, and he sends Elijah to King Ahab, and he sends him with a word, and he says, you know what, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to say. But before we talk about, and, and 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 then he prays a prayer. Before we talk about that prayer that Elijah did, I want us to jump into James chapter 17 and 18. It says this, Elijah was a human being as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens opened, heavens, sorry, gave rain, and the earth produced crops. You know what I love? I love that here is here is James, and before he kind of goes on to tell us about the incredible things and the works that, that Elijah did, he goes to great length to say this that Elijah was a normal, ordinary human being just like you. Just like me. See, James goes to great length because he wants us to know that if he can do it through someone like Elijah, then maybe, just maybe, he can do something through our prayers too. And Elijah prays a prayer And it rains. And he prays another prayer, and it it stopped raining. And then he prays another prayer, and it begins to rain. What we're going to do is we're just going to read a couple of verses from from 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to read from verse 41, and it says this. And so Elijah said to King Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Please note the word sound. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked out. There was nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So I want to pose a question to us all this morning. What would have happened if Elijah and Elijah's servant had have given up at the second time? When the servant went and stood there and went, yep, no clouds there at all. I don't even know what you're talking about. What happens if you had to stop the second time or the third time or the fifth time or the sixth time? What happened? What would have happened if Elijah and his servant had have given up? So there's three things about Elijah's prayers that I love, that we need to learn, that my prayer is that I'm trying to learn. Is Elijah was completely dependent on God. He prayed God-sized prayers, and he didn't give up until he saw the answer. So I want to get us all really practical this morning? Church, you know what? If we're going to pray powerful and effective prayers, then we've got to be in right relationship with God, right relationship with other people. We've got to depend on God like life depends on it. We've got to learn to pray God-sized prayers. And we've got to not give up. There's a couple of verses that as we read through kind of this this, the, end, the very end, the climax of James's letter to his church. The part that we kind of just skimmed over, but it's a part now that I want to come back to as we conclude this morning. And it's found in verse 14 and 15. It says this, If anyone among you is sick, then let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well and the Lord will raise them up over this last month or so we've gone kind of had the little snippet where we went back in a lockdown and then back out of lockdown and then masks which was still having to wear masks and then we kind of we had like limited numbers and then we're kind of like social distancing and and whatever else and 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 I don't know if you're anything like me but through it all I remember just sitting there going God I'm done I don't know if I can continue just doing this yo-yo thing of in and out, and masks and no masks, and people and distancing and stuff and everything else. And, and, and I really wrestled. I got to the point of going, God, I don't know if I can handle this much more. God, this is really challenging, super frustrating, and really annoying. And I remember questioning, going, God, what are you doing in all of this? I mean, we're going to go through, being, this whole series on the book of James is all messed up. You know, I was really looking forward to walking through the Book of Change because it is so ridiculously practical, and I'm a practical person. I'm a bloke, and that's how my brain works. And I, and I remember just getting to the point of going, God, I'm really excited about doing this, and it's all kind of been all mixed up. And it's just been like we started with James chapter 1, and then we, like, then we had like, James chapter 3, and then we went 4, and then last week we went to 2, and then this week we we're at 5. And I mean, I'm not good at maths, but I can count better than that. And I'm sitting there going, I'm sitting in my office going, this is ridiculous, God. God, what do you want to say today? Because God, it's all been all over the place. It was kind of like the letter is so, is amazing and it's practical. And God builds and builds and builds and builds. And then we get to this moment and God, what do you want to do? Because it's all out. of I mean, last week I preached on, on James chapter two, I mean, it should have been James chapter four and we're in James chapter two and I'm sitting in my office and I'm, wrestling, having this little internal wrestle with, with God. And then God brought my mind back to last week. James chapter 2 verse 14 says this, faith without actions is dead. And now God's got us in James chapter 5. And I'm sitting there going, God, we skipped three and four, and what's going on? And felt like God said to my spirit he said Dave I wanted to do this because there's something I need you to see I want to do this because there's something our church needs to see that that if we put our faith into actions and we pray like life depends on it then I will move I was sitting there going oh God that's pretty good you know, like I mean, I can't even rig that stuff, Church. You know, and and yet here we find ourselves last week going, you know, faith without actions is dead. And this week, God wants to take us from that thought to this thought, to this reminder that faith at works is powerful. So if we put our faith into actions, God, guys, I just want you to pray. So all we're going to do is we conclude this service this morning. We're simply going to do this. We've walked through this passage, realized that, hey, you know what, for some of us, there's some confessions that we need to do with God, with other people. We need to learn to pray and depend on God. We need to pray God-sized prayers, and we need to not give up. But I felt like God wanted to say, you know what, this is all we're going to do this morning. We've walked through the passage, and now it's time to pray. Tuesday night, we had a incredible prayer meeting we just saw God do some incredible things Wednesday morning at our Wednesday prayer meeting saw God doing some incredible things so this morning we've had our prayer team and some of the leaders in our church been praying and fasting over this since Tuesday so I invite them just to come forward this morning and we're going to take God at his word verse 14 says if any of you among you is sick Then let them call the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well, and the Lord will rise them up. So the team's going to sing a song called Holy Spirit Come. And what I want us to do this morning is if you've got some, there's some sicknesses in your body, some things that you just believe in God for, some things that you need God to heal, there's some emotional things and journeys and challenges that you need God to intercede in. You know, maybe this morning you need to come to Jesus. You know, he says the first thing we're going to do is we're going to get our, our life sorted with Jesus first. Maybe this morning, you know, you've, you've been coming here. Maybe it's your first week. Maybe it's your second, 50th, whatever it is week. But this morning is your morning where you need to say just like Cherie did in the waters of baptism. You need to say, you know what, yes to Jesus you need to come and you just need to confess. You need to confess and go, God, you know what? There's some unforgiveness in my heart towards other people. And this morning, I want you to come down. If you need need prayer for healing, you need to come down. If you need prayer and you just need to confess, then you need to come down. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click Get Connected to let us know.